Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I was dancing so much I almost forgot to fade it out there. Woo. <laughs> fade it out like the true 80s style. <laughs> so we had um we had a few minutes to prep before this, and I thought, what's the most important kind of prep I can do? Well, Disco Glasses returns in this episode. So I tried desperately to find a clip of a song that says, You got to get down and shake your disco butt, but I couldn't find it. So no disco butt shaking. Hey, Hello. it's Darkless Dreamers. <laughs> I'm the Dean, joined by he of the Dark Places, Darkless Robert. <laughs> Morning, everyone. It is evening, and we watched episode seven, seven of the Sandman. Was it six or seven? I think it was seven. Oh. We're on episode seven. Okay. Uh, it was an odd number. It was a good one, and as per the formula. That's how it works, yeah. And, you know, I think that this episode was interesting because... So I liked most of them. But this one, I was like, oh, suddenly I feel like it's a real thing. Like, this is the story. This is the main story of the show. This is continuing on from the setup that was done in episode one. And now I retrospectively wonder if the rest was a weird nonsense aside. Yeah, so everything before this was just kind of experimental and, uh, you know, in terms of the comic books, it was just kind of a little bit of experimentation and quite episodic, you know, once a week, let's throw out some weird stuff. Um, And I remember there was a a number of just one-shot comics as well. Um, Like some bizarre things. I can't remember if this was actually Sandman or... No, this was Sandman. There was one Sandman comic where there was um, all cats were larger than human beings and hunted human beings but then all the humans got together and dreamt to the point where they became the dominant species and there was a cat that was going around trying to encourage other cats to do the exact same back to humanity okay so weird things happen yeah some some of these comics get really weird just be happy there's not an episode of a bunch of cats i just felt i felt like episode one set up a big story that then just didn't ever happen and now they're like oh hold on we did like a few fun episodes of just random unrelated things but um remember that story that we promised like six weeks ago should we start that (laughs) (laughs) i guess yeah this is actually the first time when we have a linear story and it actually point a to point b to point c and it actually it, it has development and all of this stuff going on. It's not like two mm-hmm. side by side stories happening, you know. 
And we get the return, not just of disco glasses, but also we get the return of... The Riven! How do you have a song for that thing? It's ready. I've got the song ready. The Riven is back. The Riven was awful. Like, I I know the actor. I can't remember the actor's name right now. But I know the actor. And some of the things he's saying, it would have a lot more impact if he had hands and he was able to do things. Like, a lot of... Was a better actor. Uh, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> you should be able to just act with your voice. Why wouldn't they get a proper voice actor? Yeah, good point. There are people who are literally training that. Like, it's a different skill. It's a career. It's an actual profession. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I think a lot happens in this episode. So let's jump in. Um, somehow, magically, the dream has repaired his realm. So he's in his realm, and he's in a big fancy castle, and it's all fixed. Okay, so... Uh, I just feel that we should point that out. We didn't see it get fixed, but it's all fixed. So we've always seen this uh, chamber, um, which you call a, th- a throne room. We've always seen this in its dilapidated state. Now it's just been prepared. You've got glass stained uh, windows that are moving around in the background as well, which are lovely and all that. Mm-hmm. We also have the return of the librarian who goes around with a very large book, comically oversized, and performs a census. Is it oversized? I thought it was quite. There's one scene where it's very oversized. But yeah, she goes around and does a census. And my favorite moment, this is slightly out of place, but my favorite moment of the entire episode is when she says, I heard the rumors that there's a vortex. And he's like, oh, yeah, the rumors are true. Look up in the sky at all these crazy swirling things everywhere. It's like, oh, goodness. Yeah, now that you mention it, there's crazy swirling <laughs> things everywhere. <laughs> you know, that was just a projection that he <laughs> I know, was creating. I love it. it. I like... love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like people are walking around not noticing. The scene. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, we're introduced to the concept of a vortex. It's never quite explained what a vortex actually is. Uh, it's just something to be feared. And it's a—it's actually a human being. It's a, a human girl, Rose Walker, that we've actually come across before in the series. Um, as well as that, we're also introduced to the, the everybody has returned to the dream except for three dreams. Dean, can you remember which ones they were? Um, gold. What? Gold was one. Oh no, I can't remember if gold was actually one. I though. feel like I one was gold, and that's the one that they think. Um, cause some trouble later. Um, the third one I can't remember, but the second one was our good old friend, um, Mother Flipping Disco Glasses. <laughs> and I love him. I love him so much. He's such a problem. Like the Sandman was about to, you know, do something about him at the very start. He, you know, found him straight away. And now should he's I just wear been a this... hat. I feel like, in respect of Disco Glasses, I should be wearing a hat to record the show, but I'm not. But just no. pretend that I am. Please. Please don't like disco glasses. He's not a good person. <laughs> first, first you try to tell me that good guy John wasn't a good person just because well, of some massacring, and now this. But he he did massacre, <laughs> and and the Corinthian does go around. I also hate the fact that you've got me now calling him disco glasses instead of. Corinthian. <laughs> um. So yes, the three dreams. I think it's. I don't think it's gold. I think they have a weird name for it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I, 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 I can't say it. And then I don't um, remember the third one. It doesn't matter. Just some dreams. One is the green. It's just a forest. It's yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Really, we only care about disco glasses. Yes. 
but they, uh, the Sandman believes, or Morpheus believes, that he can actually use the Vortex to find the three missing three. Yes. We also get, in a little aside, I'll just mention it because I might forget later because it's not really important, but as part of the census, we get the return of Cain and Abel, just in like a little 30-second scene. Um, she talks to one of them and he's like got his little gargoyle dragon thing. Um, so for those of you who liked that Ooh. episode, which was no one, that's back. <laughs> I liked that episode. <laughs> I was very fond of them. So how do we start? Do we open with Rose? I can't remember. Um, like a lot happened. Yes, we opened with Rose at a very young age. Um, so Rose is uh, having a conversation with her brother. Her mother walks in and says, "You know, there's there's some issue. Um, me and Rose are going to go ahead and leave the son behind." Um, so Rose Sad has face. a brother, a mother, father, and a brother, Jed Walker. I'm not good with names. Um, little boy, little boy. The mother says that they're they're going to leave the boy with the father and the mother and daughter are going to go off by themselves somewhere else. Which is very sad. They're separating the family. The boy is very upset. Everybody's very, very sad. Then we go up in clouds into this giant um, building body thing, which is a, it's not a building body. It's actually a body that is a building um, that represents desire. Yes, we see desire um, and despair. Uh, despair. So you're introduced to the uh, this new character it's another one of the endless mm-hmm. so they're twins you know despair desire and despair they actually I'm not go gonna out. comment on despair because i don't have nice things to say nobody has anything nice to say oh uh do you mean like from a physical appearance yeah. or from just the feeling <laughs> <laughs> no the physical the feel the feeling i'm fine with <laughs> um i don't think they're supposed to look overly uh, i know i know nice. especially in contrast with desire uh, is there a weird bit with this with the face scratching? Uh, yes. Whenever uh, despair gets her hooks into you, then that's kind of concept there. There's that's, some emo uh, stuff there. Yeah, it's it's just whenever you get stuck in this pit of unable to get out of the sensation of depression and all that. That's when despair gets her hooks into you. But nothing um, really happens. You know, they just kind of say, we will make some kind of plan to do something about the dream. And that's it. Like so every every episode, desire just appears. It's kind of like, eventually, I will do something in the story. And then uh, wait till next week. Desire always comes up with some weird scheme. She desires to entrap dream. That's pretty much her entire shtick. So she's just kind of one of these annoying siblings that you have to be wary of. And I think she desires to be in the show. And she's not in the show. All right. So I also think just from uh, the actor, Mason Alexander Park, is absolutely perfect for this part. I'm really happy with the casting on that. Oh, spot on. I think the the actor is really, really good at this. They're amazing. Um... And in particular, this scene, just the way they move around the place and they do everything, it's, it's, ah, they're just wonderful. Um, so anyway, we have this weird meeting between despair and desire and reported census and then back to Rose Walker. Rose Walker's, um, she's now older and we can distinguish young from old because she's dyed some bits of her hair. So that's the easy way to remember. Young Rose, plain hair, older Rose, colors. Okay. Um, as well as that, there is a small little facet that because she's a vortex, she ages slower. Ah, right. 
didn't know that. We figured out at the end that she's the vortex, so there's the spiders. I mean, it's they're talking about this vortex. She her face appears in the ceiling of this chapel. Well, I didn't realize it was her face. I just thought it was a glowing face. And then we're also introduced to Rosa. Who else is it going to be? There's no other characters. It's not going to be. Big but look characters. at you putting the two threads together <laughs> in the story. Um. <laughs> so. Anyway, cute story. Uh, Rose, it's it's all very shoehorned. It's very quick. It's like they wanted to do exposition without doing exposition. They knew that don't tell me, show me that, that general rule and all of that stuff. It's as if they said, oh my goodness, we had 10 episodes worth of content <laughs> and 10 episodes to put them into, but we just faffed around for the last five episodes doing nice stories, but completely irrelevant. And then they're like, hey, guys, we've got four episodes left to do this story arc. Oh, God. Okay, here's the main character. We're introducing her in episode seven. Cram, 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 cram. Do you know, I like it because it's it's quick and it's punchy like a comic book. And they didn't just decide, right, let's take some source material and then shove in a load of our, our own stuff. Mm. And they're kind of getting on with the story as well. So it's, it's nice. There's a lot that happens. Turns out Rose Walker's grandmother, great grandmother, was the character from the very start of the show went into um, the sleep paralysis or this uh, endless sleep whenever the Sandman was first captured. Yes. So um, Turns out she's loaded. Because they could have done this over several story, you know, several episodes, but basically they're just like, yeah, go see this lady who wants to talk to you. It's about a job thing. And then it's not. It's like, I'm your great granny. Hugs. They could have done this like over the course of the entire series. Like yeah. this could have been stuff that's just happening slowly in the background from the very start, but they're just like, oh yeah, this person. And then uh, we added in some extra material because the granny's mm-hmm. like, by the way, we would have just met. So you have no real attachment to me. Um, but I'm just this old lady and I don't have any other relatives. And also I'm really rich. So I guess if I die, you'll get all of those. And the girl's like, oh, I really do need some money and a job. And we was like, yeah, so stab, stab, stab. <laughs> I think it was we both came up with that exact same. I, I think we shouldn't be trusted around our elders <laughs> ever. <laughs> But no, she doesn't stab her. Um, she employs her, and then we had another scam. So she employs her to go and look for her brother. And it's like, so if she finds the brother, she's now un- unemployed again. Like, can can she just run this scam for several years of, like, looking for the brother, think, but she's already got him? <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I think, you know, she could find him and then go back to England and live in the posh house. Is she getting paid by the hour? That's what I want to know. No, no. I'll pay you by the hour to find your brother. It's like, well, I guess I'm going to start out all the way over in, you know, Jamaica or something. Like, There's no record that he was ever there, but just head over there for a few weeks, uh, holiday. I need some expenses paid for. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so she ends up going directly to Florida with all of this financial backing, and then we can actually get on with the story with all of this backlog put in. But we do you get a like... posh house. We do get a posh house uh, with a posh uh, sort of... Well, he's not a butler, but he gives that vibe. You know, posh welcoming uh, chap who brings them in. And he just works there, I guess. But it's kind of it's a kind of home for the elderly. And her... Oh, my God. The granny's wallpaper is so nice. Lovely, lovely wallpaper with little flowers and birds on it. Uh, the, it the episode is worth much. watching just for that. I, I thought it was a bit much. Um, anyway, can, let's jump forward to Florida. I feel like I'm doing a lot of describing. You do a little bit now. Well, they go to a B&B. 
And ah, uh, you hated it. I didn't like the B and B because first of all, they meet Ken and Barbie. So we should mention it's kind of a doll's house, and there's this the episode's called Doll's House, and there's this theme, and it turns out that um, <laughs> you know, they'd had the granny had had a doll's house, and it's lovely, elaborate big doll's house when she was younger, and we see that. Um, but now they meet Ken and Barbie. And like this was this was horrendous because this is a B and B. These aren't old friends or anything. They're like, howdy, neighbor. Yeah, we're so friendly and American. Yeah. Would you like to have dinner with us? No, no, I wouldn't. Please never speak to me again. Please never, never speak to me again. And they're just like, yeah, let's hang out. We're best friends. We've been in B and B together for approximately three and a half minutes. Okay. Can I, can, I, can I just throw across? Right, you would hate to be in that situation. Do you think I would like to be in that situation though? You might. I would love to be in that situation. <laughs> then they meet two little Adams Family girls and they're little golf <laughs> girls with the veils and everything and they like speak in, you know, do they speak in unison or one whispers to the other and no, only one of them well, speaks? Only one of them speaks yeah, and the other just whispers. weird things. Uh, and it's pointed out, it's like they have no idea what the relationship is, if, if it's their sisters, uh, partners, mother, daughter, it's no just never knows. explained. There's an uh, interesting guy who reads books in the attic that we don't meet till later. And then there's the main guy who's also a bit odd, but that's that's what we learn from the house, and they're all friendly. They're just like, yeah, we all are really friendly, and I don't, I hate it so much. And um, just don't be happy or enthusiastic. I'm like, why? Why they're just they're just friendly, and they're all kind of you know, it'd be fun to go to Florida and meet people, and then they take you out. They take Rose out in the evening. They, yeah, what on earth was that? Right, if you went to somewhere in, in the UK, you're in England right now. I just visited you, by the way. If you went, I don't know don't, why I'm telling you that as though you didn't realize. Don't give listeners my location. <laughs> yeah, England, they'll, they'll zoom right in on you. <laughs> Finding an Irishman in England. <laughs> <laughs> if you went and immediately everyone was like, it wouldn't happen in England. Like you wouldn't go to a and b and just like, we're taking the eye tonight. It's like, well, who are you? And why? Are you going to kill me? Do you have a knife? Like, this is bizarre behavior. No, but I mean, like, this is not something to be admired or to strive for. Uh, okay, um, I'll allow it because Barbie had nice hair. So, oh, and we should mention, actually, pivotal moment is that there's a kind of friend, neighbor, guardian type person of Rose who is just gorgeous, has really nice hair and a nice blouse. So, She's not really relevant, but there is a bit where she talks to her dead husband and we don't realize that he's dead and they're just having a conversation on the plane. And he's like, are you all right? And she's like, I don't think so, because I'm here talking to my dead husband and then he's not there anymore. And it's like, oh, right. That was quite cleverly done. Yeah, no, I did really, really like that. Um, oh, that's so sad. They but actually anyway, go into a lot more detail in that. Basically, they're now in the, air, the B&B and they go to watch the the main guy do a kind of singing performance a kind of like drag singing performance and i think they were like oh god this episode is running a little bit under because they weren't just like let's show like a 30 second clip it's like can we just put the whole five minute song in can we just show the whole the thing they paid for the song <laughs> so they're gonna get the they're gonna get their money's worth yeah we get no, all of that. Uh, don't worry, like, rush all that nonsense with the granny. That like could have taken an entire series. <laughs> rush all of that, but then have an entire five-minute song in the middle of the episode. Very important. And the little dances as well, and the little movements and all of that stuff. Yes, it was we've fine. Also, we've, we've skipped over a part. She went to um, some office, did she? 
Well, there is a bit, I don't know if it's before or after, but she goes to a kind of, I guess it would have been like an agent, was it the adoption agency, I guess? She goes to try to find her brother anyway, and she asks, and they they basically say, look, if you get your brother, you know, he's a 12-year-old boy, you're now 18, you don't really want responsibility of raising him, so we're not going to help you. What do you call that Who's in charge of looking after the welfare of children? Social services? I guess. Yeah, okay. But well, it, we, we find out afterwards that the boy's missing anyway. So they're just like, we're not going to help you. And no, it's like, no. have you cleverly disguised the fact that you're in, unable to help? No, it's he's not missing. Uh, he's missing. So this is explained in the dream that he's missing from the dream. After her. The sign, the sign but not from that. He ran. We we come to him at the end of the episode where he's actually just running away from his foster parents. I thought that was a flashback. No, that was right. that's what's currently happening. He's being he's in an awful situation where he's just being abused, and social services are just like, yeah, no, he's he's grand. Don't worry about it. They don't know. Mm, right. Well, there we go. That's not good. So we might as well cover that one now that we've got to it. But yeah, he he's um, trying to run away, and the adoptive mum. I guess, or whoever it is, foster mom finds him, and she's like, maybe I'll run away with you. And then the husband pulls up, he's like, get in the boot of the car, I have a big gun, and everyone's like, oh no, oh no, and that's the episode over, and he's really mean. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that storyline is awful. Like, I, I hate it so much. Do you think Americans are watching it and be like, oh, he's really mean to them. He does have that gun, though, maybe he's not so bad. <laughs> no, I think the Americans <laughs> actually watch it and think like, no, that uh, that's not a good thing to be putting a child in. Oops. Okay, I hope so, because sometimes I don't know. See, I remember, right, I remember when I was a kid, I would have loved to have been put in a boot. <laughs> yeah, but he was Is also about to be locked in the cellar, he found out, so that's less. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, uh, maybe it wasn't a fun time for him. No, it wasn't. Um, so sorry to jump forward to the end of the episode. That's, that that's was, that, that bit. Was, that's, that's pretty of. much Jed's entire storyline. And while all of this is happening, his sister is at a drag show. Anyway. Yeah, doing, you know, they're doing the real work. But um, <laughs> she goes outside and she gets attacked. Let's just cut to the chase. And well, it's, it's well, interesting sorry. because... It, it's, I, it's, a, it's just amazing. She goes into an alleyway for like two seconds. It gets mugged. Yeah, it's so just what happens in comic books. Accidental accomplice, though. Because there's a guy going out for a smoke and he has the back door open and she nips out on the phone and he's like, well, I guess I'm just going to lock this door up and leave her out there in the alleyway. And then immediately two guys appear to mug her. It's like, that all, that turned very quickly. It was like a nice place with employees 30 seconds ago. And now you're in an alley on your own with muggers. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> well, the guy was out for a smoke. He finished his cigarette. Locked and then right. he went back inside. It- and then she tries to fight the guys. And all of a sudden, a lovely gentleman pops in with his little spectacles and a little sword, uh, and a hat and cloak, and he's dashing and lovely, and then he's also Stephen Fry. With a moustache, and it's a sword cane, and it's my favourite scene in the entire thing. It is when I found out, brilliant. It's, he's her upstairs neighbour. It's perfect casting. It is just, he's, he's, he was born for the role. Whenever they wrote this part in the comic books back, way back when, this was who they had in mind. Right. It was perfect. Um, and we find out that he's the guy upstairs who reads. And then they think, wow, my friends and everyone from the house and like my guardian, they're all inside still. Guess we'll just head on. Oh, yeah. They just did. And they just leave. <laughs> they don't tell anyone like, 
Oh, we were just leaving. He's like, we got mugged, and now we're heading on home. I just like, oh, I wouldn't mind, but they they contemplate calling the police, and they're just like, nah. Yeah, she's like, no, let's not call the police. I just want to get home. And he's like, yep, cool. It's it's like, but I suppose she did smash one of them with a bottle. She did, but also, she takes this whole thing, like, she goes to a house, and everyone's super friendly from day one. And it's like, well, here's Ken and Barbie, and then the singing transvestite, and then this weird Stephen Fry reading man, and then these characters from the Adams family who whisper to each other, cool, guess this is all just normal then. She's not even like, "What's? where am I? She's like, yep, so checks out. <laughs> from the story's defense, let's also remember there was a scene in her great-grandmother's house where she walked into the closet. She didn't know it was a closet at the time. She walks into a room, and it's all lovely lit up, whatever, and there's the three uh, faces again, yeah. So she's constantly just bombarded by weird nonsense. That's true. That's true. She is the vortex. She experiences dreams in reality and everything seems quite dreamlike mm. in this situation. So, so even even Ken and Barbie, it's weird. It is. And we find out that she's the vortex. The, libra- the librarian talks to the dream about this near the end. Um, we should mention that the raven is here. And they sent him to kind of like see what's going on with her, like go and look into what's happening with the vortex. And then the whole episode gets derailed by a stupid uh, pumpkin on a stick. No, I liked him. Stupid walking, talking CGI pumpkin boy. Okay, that's the only thing that annoys me. It's not actual stop start animation. Or it might be. I don't think it is. Ah, We didn't need it. It was terrible. He's not important, but it's just like, why? Why is he here? And I like him. And then the raven says, yes, she's over here, but we can't find the brother. And the librarian just opens the book nearest her on the page it happens to be at. It's like, yep, I can't find him either. That's I've exhausted all my resources. <laughs> this why it wasn't in be... this one paragraph. So <laughs> you don't want to waste your time. <laughs> and then she talks to the dream about it. And the dream sits on some stairs with a lovely long cloak just flowing beautifully over the steps um, at repose while she explains things. And then Rose just walks in. It's like, somehow I am here. And talk to me about my brother, please. I am the Vortex. Dun, 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 dun. So she's able to enter into the Dream Palace and actually interact with the Dream, which is a bit of a bizarre one. That must be really annoying from the Dream's point of view. Like, you're just trying to get about your business and then a kid keeps popping up. Yeah, I guess. Um, there is a... So, I mean, that, I don't think there's anything else to say about Rose. It, it is quite rushed. I know it feels like we rushed it, but it was rushed. But it was good, you know. Yeah. Um, there is a side story we'll get to in a moment, but I think that's that's everything from Rose, it's, really. It's really set up nicely. The next few episodes, they're a bit grim, I suppose, in a lot of ways. Um, so it's very much dark fantasy mm. all around. Well, there's a friend of Rose's who's house-sitting for her. And knock on the door, knockity knock knock. Is Rose here? Oh, who are you? Oh, I'm Disco Glasses, and I'm looking for Rose. Right. Would you like to have sex? That'll do. And this is what happens. It's brilliant. They're just Disco Glasses, you're a very attractive chap. Dude, it's, it's not quite that simple. Like There is a bit of flirtation. It's not just like... No, he's just like, would you like to come like in and wait for her? Yeah, he's like, I'm a headhunter. <laughs> I'll come on in then and, and uh, you know, see what we can do for you. And this is what happens. And then afterwards, like they they presumably sleep together without ever removing his glasses. And it's only afterwards the guy's like, "Do you want to do it again? But this time, take off the glasses." 
and he starts kissing his neck and then the Corinthians is like, nah, I'm bored. He just pushes him away and walks out. I love it. <laughs> he was a little bit preoccupied because of what was on his phone. So this is actually something I wanted to discuss. This is, uh, there was a group of three people. Yes. It is not clear what they actually are, what they're talking about. Even when I was reading the, the comics, I remember being really confused by these guys. And I assume they were demons. They're calling themselves collectors and they're hosting a conference because of course they are. And they want a keynote speaker and they would like the Corinthian. And then they think, well, we can't get him. And they talk about these other options. And then they say, well, maybe if we emulate the Corinthian, he will um, you know, come to us. So they rip out the waiter's eyes. Yep, so it's a copycat murder. Um, it's a bit weird. I think they expected us to put two and two together and realize there's only three dreams on the loose. One of them is accounted for. It's not going to be one it's, of them. They're not three. the dreams, yeah. I thought it was some kind of miscellaneous demons. Like, I wasn't really sure. Um, but then the dream appears, and he's like, hello, I'm Disco Glasses. You have got my attention. And I'm like, okay, cool. He says, so... Now tell me why I shouldn't kill you. Now, I do like that that as a way to introduce yourself to people. Like, hello there. You've got my attention. Why should I not kill you? It's like, well, was that in the cards? I don't think people should go around introducing that. I didn't say they should. I just said it was an option. So then they say, well, and they're just stupid, such stupid, stupid people. They're just like, well... We decided to mess with like an actual real demon thing um, in order to get a speaker for our conference. So they don't know that he's actually, they just think he's a serial killer. They're doing a conference of serial killers. And that's worse. How is that worse? That they just, they're, they're messing around. They think the Corinthian is just like, he's one of a line of, a long line of Corinthians. Yeah, they refer to him as the current Corinthian because he's not a hundred odd years old. So they realize, like, oh, this is the current one. There's some succession. It's worse because they're like, do you know what's a sensible and rational thing to do for the preservation of our own being? Why don't we get all of the serial killers in the same room with us? It makes for a very interesting episode later on. Um, <laughs> but it is, they are just terrible people. And this is kind of the antagonist group. And they are a pretty girl, a fat nerdy guy, and an old nerdy guy. And I, I don't really like the guys. You shouldn't like any of them. Well, they're all serial killers. The fact that the, the fat nerdy guy is, is just appalling. Yes. We notice that he's particularly bad. Um, and they refer to like, oh, the waiter's 16, is he too old for you? And things like that, which is a bit creepy as well. He, now, the actor as well, uh, it's like, as, I always, it's always a mixed feeling whenever an actor succeeds in making you hate them so much. Mm. But this guy does such a good job acting on that front. Because I, I just, <laughs> it's like, I just want to hit him. Mm. But also, you know, you're just doing your job. I'm just happy look with the librarian's back, the raven's back, the, the disco glasses is back. It's like everything. Who? Pumpkin Man. Aww. But, you know, even Ken and Abel make a brief appearance. It's kind of like, oh, we're actually back in the story. Like, I like that. Even though we're doing a lot of new stuff with Rose. You know, it's... I like it. It's kind of like everything we saw up to this point wasn't just a massive waste of time. Even though... <laughs> I suppose none of it is relevant anymore, or it was concluded. 
Um, yeah. But it's a much more linear story. It makes more sense. Yeah, I think the next few episodes now to finish the season are going to be linear-ish and follow on with that story, right? Uh, I hope so. We hope I can't so. remember. Oh, no. All of a sudden, no one, none of those characters appear again for two more episodes. So Raven has his own episode where he just talks for an hour. Oh, no. And, and you know, to their credit, the Raven is back. They don't mention why he was missing last week. But he doesn't say that much. Even though he does a few things, he was very tolerable. It's almost like they said, oh, no, we, we've got to... We, we put the damn Raven in the show. We've got to put him in it again. And they just... Okay. For one week, they're just like, oh, we'll leave him out. We'll notice. There's a lot I going on. The only two things I remember the Raven saying from this point onwards, one of them really annoyed me. And then the other one was just... I thought it was actually funny. I really appreciated the, the Raven at that point. But... Um, so I guess there's something to look forward to. In he that. says a funny line when the pump- pumpkin head says, like, look for something strange. And he's like, well, we've got... Pumpkin head man talking to a talking bird, so you're gonna to have to give him more information on what kinds of strange. And I like that. But you know, he well, he was tolerable, and I, I really think the writers were kind of like, you know, we've got to put this flipping pumpkin back in. Uh, we got away with it last week, but uh, another pumpkin, the raven. Sorry, we'll put him back in, but maybe just make him tolerable. Like, maybe just don't let him say too much. Yeah, he's grand. I don't know. I think um, that's pretty much the entire episode. It yeah. was very short. It was very rushed. Um, but enjoyable. It was enjoyable. I like the story with Rose. Uh, it's nice to see the librarian again. You know, the fates pop up from time to time. I don't really know what the deal is with them. They just, you know, we're not sure yet. Desire keeps popping up. There are some little bits and pieces that are presumably weaving a thread for later. But it's nice to see a main story taking you know, taking shape. And it's also nice to see Disco Letters shaking his disco bat. Quite literally, actually. When? Well, I don't know what they were getting up to in that bed. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Not taking off his glasses. <laughs> Not taking off his glasses, which is very strange. Like, with the guy, you know, the guy had never mentioned it. It's like, come in, we'll have a chat, we'll get to business. And not once will I even suggest you remove your glasses, you know. We'll just... Cool. I, I think that's quite admirable. <laughs> Somebody doesn't want to take off their glasses. It's like, okay, it's okay. You you just you don't do anything that you don't feel com- un- uncomfortable doing. I was just glad that disco glasses didn't kill him and take out his eyes. I think Honestly. he was building up to that if he didn't look at his phone. Oh, and then he got the news that someone was pretending to be him. Yeah. Oh, I am angry now. I don't have time for you. That's so dismissive. Could you imagine, like? Being told, I don't have time to murder you. I just, you're not that important. It was fortunate, but I, I did like that the guy was continuing to caress him and he just looked at his phone and just pushed the guy away and left. I, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> He's like, oh, kind of, all right then. <laughs> I guess I'll just sit here and. But that's it, right? I think we covered it all. Yeah. No, that's everything. Cool. Um, we are being sued for saying constantly, have a sleepy day. Turns out that some of the listeners are operating heavy machinery and ought not to have a sleepy day. So please don't do that, uh, chaps. So I have better dreams now. But also, have a sleepy day. <laughs> Sweet dreams, everyone. All right. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.